Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. Oh, we are really blessed today with a, a guest that has a topic that I've been interested in for years and years and years and something I've delved into. So today we've got with us Rich Lewis. He's an author, speaker, a coach, and he focuses on centering prayer. He's got a new book called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And his website is uh, www.silenceteaches.com. Welcome to the show, Rich. Glad to have you with us and excited to talk about centering prayer today. Great. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So over the years, I've seen all kinds and heard all kinds of different things. The morning miracle, the meditation, the uh, silence, all these different things. And the world comes to us with, let's be busy. Let's fill our schedules. Let's cram our lives. Let's have the kids involved in every sports and extracurricular activity. Let's make for sure that you don't have any time at all to hang out with God no time to reflect on life and see where you want to go. No time to, you know, hang out with your spouse for a minute. If you allow the world to cram busyness into your life, it's pretty easy to lose who you are and where you're going and those type things. So from that perspective, uh, when I ran across you, I thought, Hey, I really need to talk to you because I really like to hear more about it. I've tried different things over the years. I currently have a system that I use, but talk to us a bit about, who you are. You're, you're a dad, you're a husband, you've got some, you've got, uh, three kids. If I got that correct. Yes. So I'm a, I'm a, uh, a dad. I've been married to my wife, Trina, uh, since 1993. I actually met her in 1989 at my, when my sister got married, um, my wife asked me to dance the last dance of the night. So, um, thank God she did because that's how we met. She asked me to dance. It was the very last dance of the night. And then we began dating and then we got married you know, some three and a half years later and have been happily married since 1993. I have um, three, three children, uh, Benjamin, 24, Gabriella, 19, and Joshua, 13. And uh, two golden doodles. So uh, All right. Nala and Sandy. So. <laughs> we've, we've got a golden doodle also. Lots of personality. Oh, Oh, yeah. they're great dogs. Love them. Great dogs. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I think about centering prayer and everything, my, my thoughts like just go right to monks and go right to completely spiritual people. And I, I go right to the very contemplative and all day long, all you do is stay focused on God and don't do anything else kind of a thing. And uh, you obviously do it a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> You could say, I, I'm a monk who lives in the world. So that I guess centering prayer um, isn't just for monks, but, you know, or styling prayers and centering prayers isn't just for monks that live in monasteries. You know, it's for everyday people, monks living in the world, doing, you know, doing everyday life with, with everyday people, working everyday jobs. It's just taking the time uh, for silence once, twice, three times a day to sit with God silently 
whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes. I try to do two 20-minute centering prayer sits per day, but it's really just taking the time to sit in silence with God. And we do have the time. And what, what you'll find is it has a way of giving you back time. And, and I find that I'm more productive because of my centering prayer practice and my time sitting with God. I, I sit with God and then it's not goodbye, God, I'll see you when I sit again. It's then God gets up and walks with me and we partner throughout the rest of the, the duration of the day for our tasks. So I think of it as I sit with God and I walk with God and it just has a way of helping me um, continue to focus and, and hone in on the tasks that I need to do and partner with God on them. It's not just me doing them, it's God and I continuing the day. Have you had experience with busyness in your life? You've got the married, three kids, career, writing book. Has that ever been an issue in your life? Oh, definitely. In fact, I guess a couple of years back, work was really hectic. You know, on top of being a father and, and having the three children and doing the different things with them. But what I found is that I, I needed to practice more, but I, I shortened each sit. So I, my routine practice is you know, first thing in the day I, before I do anything, a 20 minute sit, then I begin my day, whether that's, you know, Monday through Friday or the weekend. And then I'll usually do a second sit in the early afternoon, you know, right before lunch. But when I was super busy at work, I found I needed more time with God and more silence to help me get through the busyness. So I added a third sit. So I still did the morning sit, and then I did the one right before lunch, and then I added one about two hours or so after, after that one. I just shortened it. So I, I made it in each about 12, 13 minutes each. And that was something that I really, really needed at that time. And I kept it up for probably three or four months when things at work calmed down. They were still busy, but that, that crazy pace calmed down. Then I reverted back to the two sits um, per day. And even right now, I'm, I'm, I'm in a very busy mode at work. So I've add, I'll add you know, mini sits where I'll just take um, one minute of silence and sit and then begin my task. Hmm. I like it. So there was a Pope, I believe it was Pope John Paul, and he would sit in silent prayer for an hour a day, every single day, no matter what. However, as you know, things get busy, our schedules get tight, panic, stress, all these different things show up. And he said when life got overwhelming, what he would do on those days is do two hours of silent prayer. He said, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to make it. So hearing you say that, I'm like, it's funny. That's one of the things that always sticks out to me when, when life gets busy, it's like take more time away from the hustle and bustle. And I say, center yourself, you know, get right. God can certainly be a great partner. So I'd love to hear, I guess a lot of us can relate on the busy side of things. So when work gets stressful and everything else, and you go to step into prayer, and I know there's different types of prayer, and I know you're a proponent of also different types of prayer, but we're promoting kind of centering prayer as a way to step out of the busyness of life. How do you step into it, or how would you suggest somebody else gets involved? Sure, sure. Well, the first thing I'd say is you take baby steps, or maybe let me just describe quickly what centering prayer is. There's many people have never heard of it, and, and I didn't until I, I stumbled across it in late 2013. I didn't even know what centering prayer was. So 
Centering prayer is, is a form of silent prayer. It was created in the early 1970s, really by three Trappist monks, Father William Manager, Father Basil Pennington, and uh, Thomas, Father Thomas Keating. So there we go, right to the monks. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but they were monks in the world. Well, but you're right, they were, they were monks, three Trappist monks, but wanted to create a practice for, it started, I think, for priests, but then they realized that we need to roll this out to the everyday people. There's, there was many people practicing transcendental meditation, for example, and, and other forms of meditation at the time, and they wanted to find and share something for Christians and for, for people that wanted to sit with God. So they created centering prayer as a silent prayer practice of, of sitting with God. And centering prayer really is for, I'll say simple steps, but it's not so simple just to sit in silence. Some people, for some people, sitting in silence is, is hard and, and difficult and seems one minute could seem like an eternity, but it's, it's basically you sit and then you use a sacred word. So it could be love or Jesus or peace or ocean and you introduce that interiorly as a way of opening yourself to the presence and actions of God within. And then while you're sitting, anytime you engage a thought or emotion, meaning you entertain it, you, you see where it takes you, or you begin planning your day, or you think about a past event, you use this interior word to bring yourself back to the presence and the purpose of centering prayer, of just sitting with God and opening to the presence and actions of God within and you do this through the entire sit whenever needed until the however long you're sitting. If you've chose 10 minutes and you can, most people use some type of timer or you can, there's many different apps you can add to your phone that have a timer on it. And so you use your sacred word whenever needed during the silence for the duration of however long you've chosen. And then when the, the bell rings or whatever you're using to signify the time's up, some people sit there for maybe for another minute or two, and then you get up and resume your day. So that's, that's the practice. It's really just a continuous coming back to the present moment and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And for some people, maybe they don't think of God as being within. And I'm certainly not saying we're God. We're just simply saying that the divine image of God is, with, is within us. And we're just returning to the presence of God within during centering prayer. I think of it as a reverse prayer. We're letting God pray in us and God's praying in us what we need, what he knows we need, not what we necessarily think we need. So that's, that's the beauty of centering prayers. We're just simply, it's a, we're sitting in trust with God. God knows what's best for us. And for me, I believe God's praying in me what I need, even just to finish you know, the rest of the day, whether it's peace or wisdom for tasks or just compassion or empathy, whatever God knows I need for the duration of the day. But, but that's centering prayer. It's, just, it's a form of silent prayer. It's been around since the early 1970s. And it's, it's a way of just sitting in the presence of God in wordless prayer and letting God do the work and just sitting and basking in, in, in the love of God. So I was at church yesterday and uh, before church kind of preparing. I always say just a simple prayer. God, show me one way in this mass that I can become a better version of myself this week. And I was going through church and thinking and paying attention and listening. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not hearing like an action step. And towards the end of mass came right through, like, just listen this week. That's it. Just listen. 
I'm like, so my step is to listen. <laughs> Perfect. I'll write that down. And it was one word. That was it. <laughs> so it's funny, funny that we're having this conversation today and you're saying one sacred word. So if I were to take that one word, which by the way, I tried last night and this morning, so I, I didn't make it very far without getting sidetracked. But after a couple of attempts, I was able to go a couple of minutes. So I felt pretty good because that usually doesn't, uh, doesn't last that long. Usually, uh, usually I get sidetracked right away. So what does it listen like? Like say we, we use the sacred word of listen. Take me through what that might be like. So, why, so just take you through kind of the practice and what, what happens and, and yeah, yeah. Like sure, say, sure. okay. Well, and actually one thing I'll say about the sacred word is it's, I, you can use a word. So if you're an auditory person, you can use a word. And then we suggest that you, it's a short syllable. So you don't want to make it a super long word. It's just a, a simple word, one or two or three syllables that you'll use to bring yourself back when you start engaging your thoughts during centering prayer. But I quickly discovered I was more of a, a, a visual person. Visual. So I use an interior image. So I, I actually kind of picture a Jesus icon to bring myself back to the present. So for some people that are visual, you know, I recommend using an image. Some people are more physical people, so they use their breath to come back. And then um, my daughter has practiced centering prayer with me from time to time, and she's afraid she'll fall asleep. So she practices with her eyes open and just, we, I guess we call it the sacred glance. She just stares at a spot, you know, three or four feet in, in front of her. And she, because she was fearful that she'll just fall asleep during centering prayer. So you can practice centering prayer with your eyes open, or you can practice it with your eyes closed. I don't, I don't think God cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, and even if you fall asleep during centering prayer, I think you should, you know, God forgives you and, and God realizes you probably needed to sleep. <laughs> so right, right. Okay, occasionally people will fall asleep during centering prayer. And I, I don't think you should, I mean, that's not the purpose of centering prayer, but don't beat yourself up. You probably needed that extra nap. And God can still work on you, whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, way I, yeah. the, the way I view it. But you, you, the sacred word, however you're using it, you're using it whenever you, ne whenever you need to, whenever you engage a thought and find that you're doing everything but the purpose of centering prayer. Because the purpose of centering prayer is to sit with God and, and let God you know, act in us and, and, and for us to sit, remove the barriers to God. So you don't want to sit and start planning your day and planning, you know, what am I going to buy at the grocery store? Or how am I going to attack that next home project? Or thinking about the past or thinking about maybe an argument that you regret having with, with a friend or your spouse. That's not really, that's not the purpose of centering prayer. So that's why you use your sacred word whenever you need to. So the, the task back. list starts showing up in your head. How it works in my world is uh, I start working through it. And then after, I don't know how long, but I go, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it might go a while. So at that point, you just stop, recognize it, and then go back to the image or breath or a sacred word. Exactly. So as soon as you, you catch yourself doing that, you just kind of gently you know, stop, come back to your sacred word. And then let go of the sacred word too. You just, you're just using it to bring you back to the present and then you let go of that word. So you're not using the word as a mantra that you repeat over and over again. You're simply using it to bring you back whenever you engage your thoughts and whenever you find you're doing everything but you know, sitting in, in the presence and actions of God within. 
And so with practice, you can get better and better at this, I, I, I gather. You will. And you'll find, at least I've noticed in my, for myself, that I seem to enter the spaces between my thoughts. And, and the only way I know I've done it is when I begin, when I have a thought. Or there's been some times where I think I've gone deep enough where I know I haven't fallen asleep, but the bell goes off. And I, and I think, where was I? And, and I, but I knew I wasn't sleeping. So you can, you can slow yourself down. It can happen. And, and it just kind of naturally happens where you do slow yourself down and the thoughts are less and less and you're in between the spaces of your thoughts. And sometimes you don't even need your word. You, you, you naturally catch yourself and bring yourself back. So, so I find myself using the word and other times I just naturally catch myself and bring myself back. Got it. And then what does what does that do for you or for people in general? What what are what have you heard over time that uh, have been the benefits of this? Sure. I mean, we sit with God because we love God, and and that's really why we sit in the silence of center in prayers. We don't come with it with any expectations other than we sit with God, we love God, and we want God to do what God knows is best for us. But then God seems to have other plans. So you'll notice over time, and and that's what I think is unique. It's unique for each, for each practitioner. So I've noticed for me, and whether that would be something you would experience or someone else, I think you'll experience something different. So for me, I've noticed since I've been practicing centering prayer, I just seem to have an excitement for life that I didn't have before centering prayer. I mean, I loved life and enjoyed life, but I seem to really have an excitement for life that I didn't have before. And I have a, a lot more confidence in myself. And I seem to have wisdom for tasks. So, you know, work can be very busy and I'll do a, my second sit, you know, right before lunch. And then the second half of the day, I seem to find uh, wisdom to finish tasks. And then I would also say it just kind of nudges me. I think God has a way of nudging you out of your comfort zone to try and new, to try to do new things, to explore new things that maybe you're not comfortable with, but would be good for you to try. So these are things I've noticed as a result of my practice. It's just excitement for life, you know, confidence that I didn't have before, you know, wisdom for tasks, and then kind of a nudge just to move out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. So I'm thinking of like objections that people would have to even exploring centering prayer at all. So one of the objections would be, okay, so I'm sitting there and I'm supposed to sit with literally God, like God's supposed to be right there with me. And we know when you read the Bible and talk to people, God's with you. However, our people objection is, no, not me. I'm not worthy. God's not going to talk to me. I'm uncomfortable even thinking that God's going to be here with me. So I, I think that's the first objection is somewhere along the lines of me and God are separate. I know he, his promise is to be with me, but I don't feel like I'm blessed in that way at this current time of my life or ever in my life, possibly. I think a center in prayer has a way of, and, and that is hard. So I've worked with some people where they, they don't like themselves or they don't think God loves them. So it then becomes very hard for them to sit with God. But I think they'll find over time, centering prayer just really has a way of, of healing. It's a safe place to sit with God and let God slowly heal you and transform you over time. Because you know, what can happen during centering prayer is you know, our bodies hold a lot of tension and stress and practice such a centering prayer is a safe place to allow you to release tensions 
that you don't even realize you hold in your body. And it's a safe place to release. We have a lot of repressed thoughts and emotions that you might not even realize you have that go all the way back to childhood that you didn't realize you have. So centering prayer is just a safe place to sit with God, whether you believe it or not, loves you unconditionally. And it's a safe place to let God heal you and to let all these, the tension in your body and these repressed thoughts that come out so that you can be calmer and, and more peaceful and realize, you know, that this isn't how God wants you to live and continue to live. So over time, you know, Centering Prayer has a way of really just healing you. Thomas Keating referred to it really as divine therapy, and, and, I, and I agree with him. And it, it's a way of just healing you and removing tension and stress and repressed thoughts and emotions in your body and, and letting God heal you, because God certainly doesn't want us to live that way and, and feel that way. So I hear you talking about just stepping into it anyway. And it makes me think about a skit from the skit guys. It's a YouTube video and it talks about chiseling and God just chisels stuff out of your life. And sometimes, well, in this video, he's like, Hey God, that hurts. <laughs> it's like, I, I know, but let me keep working on it. Like we're going to get through this and then we're going to get that out of your life. So even if it's a little bit painful, it sounds like let's just step into it anyway and let's just work on it. And you know, work through that feeling of being uncomfortable and trying something new, which leads to the second reason to have trouble with this. Like silence, like silence, like no way. I need noise. I need the whites, the white noise in the background. I need the TV noise in the background. I need to have a podcast rolling in the background, you know, all the time. I need, I need noise. So, so, so the objection is how can I get away from noise? Like, I, I don't know that I want that. No, I mean, that, that's true. Um, I mean, for some people that just have a one heck of a time sitting in silence, or some people that have attention deficit disorder, where they have maybe their, their mind is going at a pace that's not something that, that I'm accustomed to. For people like that, I, I'll, I'll even recommend you can do centering prayer while you're walking. So I've encouraged some people, you can still practice silence, but you can do it while you're walking. So mm -hmm. it's really difficult just to sit obviously practice it with your eyes open and take a walk. And while you're walking, you can still follow the method of centering prayer and use your sacred word or image or, whatever, or your breath to bring yourself back to the present and continue to open to the presence and actions of God within, but do it while you're walking, um, whether it's around your neighborhood or whether you're doing a prayer labyrinth, which is kind of a neat, you start on, on the outside and you, you kind of circular walk around it until you get to the middle, then you turn, then you turn around and go back to the, the beginning. So for those people that just can't sit in silence, I think you can do silence, but perhaps you do it while walking. It's, it's, you're still doing the same thing. You just are including movement in it. I found uh, at work, I'll leave the office and it's always in the afternoon. It's always after lunch. I'll just go take a walk and try to be silent and not allow the, the ways of the world into my mind. Yeah, the walking thing has worked out really well in the afternoon for me. So it's funny you bring that up. I missed that in the book uh, so far that I've been reading. Something else you said was you and your daughter practice together. Like, that's really, really cool. Yeah, that, that was and actually coming back to the other thing. I'll just quickly say, you know, take baby steps. You don't need to jump right in and say, I think I have to do 20 minutes. I started with, you know, back in, in 2013 or so with one minute 
and it was brutal. So just even if it's one minute, two minutes, you can slowly work your way up. So it doesn't, don't jump right in, take baby steps is what I'll say for those that find silence extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, mini sits too throughout the day where you need them, a one minute silent sit where you need it just to refocus, slow yourself down, calm yourself down, reconnect you with God so you can continue um, with whatever task is in front of you. Coming to my daughter, I guess when I began practicing centering prayer at that time, I, my second sit was in the evening after dinner. And so my daughter and my son wanted to know, what, what, why does dad keep going into the basement each night? What is he doing? So I asked both of them to follow me. Well, they wanted each to have their own time. So you know, they would come down individually, but I'd say, come down and I'll show you what I'm doing. So um, my daughter uh, came down and wanted to see what I was doing. So I taught her, you know, center in prayer at the time. And she, as I said earlier, she was afraid she'd fall asleep. So she did it with her eyes open. So we would practice center in prayer in the basement from time to time. And we worked up to seven or eight minutes. And she didn't, sometimes I would just trick her. I would, I'd say, how long do you want to go? And she'd say five minutes. And I would just add an extra two minutes. And so she would think she's going five, but we were going seven minutes and that's okay. She didn't need to know that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then my son, of course, wanted to have his own time with me too. And he was about eight at the time. So we would do a one minute centering prayer sit together and we made it fun. So we would light a candle together and then uh, I use an contemplative outreach app for the timer. And there was a, a one word sentence saying, open my heart to God's love. We would read that together. And then we would do a one minute centering prayer sit. And then the bell would ring on the application. And then my son would blow the candle out. So that's, that's how we did the centering prayer sits. We lit a candle together, read the sentence from the app, and then I let him blow out the candle after the one minute. So yes, it was kind of neat. Both of them were curious, what is dad doing in the basement? So I said, why don't you come down and, and see? And I taught both of them centering prayer. And, but they both wanted to have their own centering prayer time with dad. And I didn't want to do the three of us together. So when I, I, I would, there would be some evenings where I would have you know, three different sits, one with, <laughs> one with myself, one with my daughter, and then one with my son. That's great. But I thought That's it was great. neat that they wanted to learn and understand, you know, what, what's going on? What's he doing? Why does he keep going to the basement each evening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and, I, and I wasn't spending the night there. I was just simply doing my quick my prayer time and then coming back up and spending the rest of the time upstairs with the rest of the family. Yeah, that's wonderful. And kids will pick up on the stuff that we do. So if they see us reading the Bible, if they see us on our knees praying, if uh, a lot of guys I know in my group, my circle I'm hanging out with, we're starting to get more into the paper Bible as opposed to the digital Bible or get more right. into being visible, kneeling in prayer, uh, not necessarily making a show of it, but when the kids discover, hey, what's that? Oh, dad's praying. Like that's... No, I mean, you're right. It is nice. I mean, the kids, they, they, they watch their parents and we forget that sometimes they watch us and want to understand what, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And then what can I learn from what they're doing? So they're very impressionable and they do, they watch us a lot more than we realize. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it, to me, it sounds a lot like what people would call meditation. And whenever I've been around the meditation group, people, they tell me about all the benefits that 
come from it, being able to have more clear thoughts, being more present to the world. So these days, it seems like everybody talks about wanting to be more present, be present with your kids, be present with your kids. And what does that mean? And all that stuff. And when I'm around those circles, I always think to myself, why don't you include, if you're not, why don't you include God in the, in this meditation space? I'm like, so to me, I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'll meditate with you. However, <laughs> I'm praying, <laughs> like I'm communing with God. I'm getting closer with God. I think about where I take my silent time, where I pray. There's different spots of the house, but then also nature, churches. There's just certain places where I feel like I can connect much quicker and deeper than, than other places. Do you have any tips as far as that goes? And actually, even as you were talking about meditation, I mean, I, I clearly think of, you know, centering prayer, you know, it's, yes, you can say it's silent meditation, but really I consider it, and most centering prayer people would consider it a, a sit with God. I mean, I, I consider it, I'm sitting with God, I'm sitting with Jesus, and then I'm getting up with Jesus, who's always present with me. So it's, it's not just I'm meditating and clearing my thoughts. It's, it's centering prayer really is a, is a practice and a relationship with God. So it's, it's not just a meditation practice. It's, it's a, a relationship with God and you're sitting with God and letting to go and opening to this, you know, wonderful presence that loves us and then getting up and walking with it. So that's what I like when some people ask me that, you know, what it really is just meditation. And I'll say, well, not really. I mean, it, it's a relationship. It's, it's not just I'm meditating and I'm using my breath. I'm sitting with God and I'm opening to the presence and actions of God within. So it's, it's much more than just meditation. It's, it's a relationship with God. And then now coming back to your question on, you know, I guess where to um, practice centering prayer. I, well, I guess for me, it's, it's, in, it's in one of the uh, spare bedroom in our house in the morning. Actually, I tend to use the same place. So I guess look for a, a place that is quiet, as much as possible quiet with not a whole lot of noise find a place that might be special for you. So some people like to put a candle in the room or, or some type of picture in the room or maybe have a special chair. But I guess find a place that is special and works for you. Pre-COVID though, I mean, I, it was my car too. I mean, I actually, my second sit during the day at work, right now I'm working from home till, until it's safe to go back into right. the office. But my, sec, but my second sit at work was in my car. I mean, I literally would just leave my desk right before lunch and walk to my car and do my second sit, even in the winter, as much as possible in my car. So I, I would say your, your sits can be anywhere. You can, I've, and it's sometimes it's nice to flex where you sit and, and mix it up. So do it outside. I've done it at, at parks and you can be sitting on a bench and people, people think you're sleeping and you're, you're doing your, your prayer. So you can really center anywhere. I've done it on train rides. To, I've, I've had to go to New York City for work at times, and I've centered uh, on the train ride to, into New York City. You can center on airplanes. You can center in in cars. Obviously, obviously, as a passenger, not as the driver. Right, right, yes. I've yes. done that when we're driving to Florida with a family. I, I've done centering prayer sits while my wife was driving, and I, and I was sitting in the passenger seat. So I would say you know, just be flexible. And I even do it at the chiropractor. I go to the chiropractor about once a month. And the first part of the visit is you lie on, on a, on this bed that has a roller that goes underneath your back, uh, your back just to loosen you up. And that's for 10 minutes. So I actually, I do centering prayer at the uh, chiropractor. And then, uh, then the next room you go into is where you see him and he, and he adjusts you. 
So you can be flexible with where you sit, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, like the movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, anywhere at the beach, at, at, uh, at a park, in your car, and I'll even do a, a couple minutes sit. I don't like going to the doctor. And if I'm really for the doctor, I'll, I'll do a centering prayer, a couple minutes sit, and then walk into the doctor's office because I just don't like going to the doctor. <laughs> Makes me nervous. So I sit with God. Is there a help calm me down, God? I know things will probably be okay, but I just don't like going here. So I do centering prayer, sit in my car, and then walk in. So be flexible. You can sit anywhere. You really can. You mentioned going to the doctor. So back in the day, I was in the military. And for whatever reason, I always wanted the appearance of being in great shape, even though I wasn't some ultra marathon runner or anything like that. I'd run a bit. I'd play soccer a bit. I'd, I'd do a bit, but I wasn't in phenomenal shape. But I always had low blood pressure. So endurance runners and stuff always have a low blood pressure. So what I would do right before I went in was kind of get clear, get silent. You know, I'd talk to God a bit and I'd say, hey, help me calm down as much as possible. And it would lower my blood pressure, maybe 20 beats a minute or so. And one time this nurse just stops and flips out. She comes over all excited and she says, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm just fine. She says, no, no, seriously, like, do you feel okay? Are you lightheaded? And like, just lose it. Everybody get over here, get over here. And she says, like, you've got a 43 blood pressure. Like, you're close to dying. Wow. <laughs> and I said, no, I've always got a low blood pressure. Usually it's 63 or so, but I slowed my heart rate intentionally. And, you know, I got calm and, you know, talked to God a little bit. And she goes, oh, so this is normal? I said, yeah, for me, I go, but that, I think 43 might be the all-time record that I've got. <laughs> so is your, your heartbeat or your blood pressure? Uh, I get, whatever they do, blood pressure, heartbeat, uh, okay. maybe it's heartbeat, maybe it's heartbeat got all the way down, whatever it was, but it was 43 that she overreacted to. <laughs> no, it just means you were extremely relaxed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that anxiety of life and just get rid of it. So just for mm -hmm. a short bit. Um, it can really have some great psychological effects, which then turn into physical effects as well. I believe it was in your book I was reading about letting things go. Right. So a thing that could get in the way of centering prayer is stuff just keeps showing up, keeps showing up, keeps showing up. I know what I've done, and I believe it's the same advice I read in the book, but I'll let you talk about that for a minute. Sure. I mean, we use our sacred word or image or breath to let go of thoughts or emotions or whatever we engage ourselves in during center and prayer and to open to the presence and actions of God within. But you can really use, you can use the sacred word outside of center and prayer. So if you're you know, at work or at home and you're working on an important project or task and you find you're distracted, you can use your sacred word just to let go of everything else that's not helping you hone in and, and focus on your task. So I like to tell people, you know, the letting go that we do during centering prayer, you can continue to use it outside of centering prayer when and where needed. Again, whether it's at home or at work, so that you can let go of what's not helping you with that task and hone in and be you know, more present for what you need to do during that task. Hmm. So it's really centering prayer is kind of great practice just for living life and being more present to what's right in front of you. I like that. Yeah. That's another tool. Whenever I get stuck on things 
and I'm not making progress. Just another way to get some quick energy and re- reframe your mindset. And maybe you can get right back into it and have some progress. So that's really cool. I like that a lot. One of the other benefits with that is we tend to hang on to our thoughts and we like to control things. And for whatever reason in my life, I've gotten better at it, but I'll hang on to stuff. And then days, weeks, months later, I've thought, you know what? I haven't asked God for help on this one, or I haven't said, hey, you take it. Uh, <laughs> lately, I've been way, way better than I used to be. But just that daily practice, if you do that every day, when stuff shows up and you start to hang on to it, you can recognize it so much faster outside of centering prayer and get rid of it. Like what a relief that is when when I do recognize I've got stress for an unnecessary reason that I'm keeping to myself and not letting God take it. Right. And we often, I mean, we tell ourselves things that are just not true. And, and God probably is kind of taking a step back and saying, that's not true. Like, I think a lot of times we tell ourselves, I'm too old to try something new. Or if you're young, I'm too young and not experienced enough. Or I don't have enough confidence or, the, or you're scared to try. So we just tell ourselves things that are just not true. And we really need to centering prayer, you know, with the help of God gives us the ability to you know, cultivate the ability to realize that these are just thoughts. These are not who we are. And this is, they're not what we can truly accomplish in life. And I, I believe, you know, centering prayer helps us become our true self. You know, the person God wants us to be by letting go of all of these thoughts that we tell ourselves that are just not true and opening up to becoming, you know, what God wants us to become which is not an end point. I mean, our true self is, is a journey, which is, which is what makes it even more fun as we continue to become the person God wants us to be through the duration of our life. So that's a great, great way to think about it. Uh, we interviewed Chris Stefanik a while back, and he's got a, a program out there called I Am. And he talks about how the devil introduces thoughts into your life. And then we take them in and we believe them. And God would never say any of those things to us. Right. You know, we're made in the image and likeness of God. So how could we possibly have these other things that we accept and believe and intrinsically take in and it becomes part of who we are versus a thought that comes in that we get rid of. And he says, reframe those thoughts into what God would say to us. So sitting with God, like we can allow God's thoughts into us and yours is open my heart to God's love. Yes. Like let him pour into us at that time and how refreshing and energizing that can be and how many life benefits that'll have. So I love, love the thought, love the message. It it gets me fired up. Great. Great. No, I just think it's, it's been so helpful for me, like, you know, life changing and life transforming for me that I simply want to share it with others in case it can help them, you know, with their life, with their practice, with their, with their relationship with, with God. So what are some things that have changed for you in your life that have been just big benefits? I know you mentioned excitement for life, confidence, wisdom, feeling God's nudges along the way, but is there something, maybe this book was one of those nudges that you got? I would say, you know, if I look at my life before centering prayer, you know, I, I stumbled into centering prayer. I was, I was perusing Amazon, just looking for a some type of spirituality, Christian book to read, stumbled across uh, Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith, 
started reading it in late 2013. And in the book, two things that jumped out of the book that really just meant a lot to me. One was it center in prayer was, was in the book. And I thought, you know, I'd always been interested in silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. So the center in prayer practice was in the book. So that was very helpful for me. And then he talked about the Jesus paradox. In, in, well, he referred to it as the Jesus paradox that, G, that God, uh, Jesus is God and human at once. And I just found that just extremely interesting. So I guess my life changed really in late 2013. I didn't, I started with perusing Amazon, finding his book, going to his website, beginning an email dialogue with Amos. And then we became friends and we continue to be friends to this day. I began working with him on his website. I began having a meditation off of his site. He had a Monday meditation and mine was Thursday off. He invited me to write and have a meditation off his site. And then he was the one that nudged me and challenged me to write a book since Centering Prayer had begun changing me and Jesus' paradox had begun changing me. He encouraged me to write about it. So it all started by perusing Amazon, becoming part of his site, and then deciding to create my own site, silenceteaches.com, about four years ago, and then let Silence Teaches kind of let God ask God, where, what do I, what should I do? What, what should I be doing with Silence Teaches? And Silence Teaches grew from you know, weekly, you know, meditation to interview other interesting contemplative authors, to some one-on-one -on -one coaching, to getting out in the community and and teaching uh, that some of the churches in the area, centering prayer, and, the, and, and in my book. So I would say centering prayer, I guess pre-centering prayer, if you'd asked me what, what my life has looked like, it would never have included any of that, you know, a book and, and teaching and one-on-one -on -one and a website. It, it, that would never have been part of the equation and, and talking with people like you um, on podcasts. But centering prayer did it. I mean, I would say God, this, that it helped me become my true person. So I'm excited to see what, what will I be doing in the next, you know, three, five, 10 years? What will silence teaches look like? And what will God want me to continue to do? And what, what might be my second book and third book? And what else might God want me to do to get out there just to share God's love with the world through silence and centering prayer? Do you have any struggle as you stepped into writing a book and speaking in front of churches and different things? Did you have, ever have any identity issues with, oh, that's not me. I can't do that. I mean, initially I was scared because I was, I had never really done any public speaking and talked on podcasts or radio shows, but I think I just began trusting that God will walk with me and that I'm not doing this alone. So the more I continued to practice centering prayer and the more I began to just realize that I'm not doing this alone. And there was many times where sometimes I don't even know where those words came from. So, and I, other than God pushed them out of my mouth perhaps and had me say them. So sometimes it's amazing what happens, even in writing the book, you know, I, I would write the book, most of the book was written, um, it was written pre-COVID, it was written in Starbucks, and I didn't want to take time away from the family, so I would get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, head over to the local Starbucks, and write from about 6 to 9 or 10, and many times I didn't even know what, I had a basic idea of each chapter, like this is what this chapter right. will be about, but I didn't know what I would write, so just even the book writing process was the trust in God of, okay, God, what words do you want me to put on the page? 
So it's really just a complete trust in God that God is with me and that he's not going to let me fall down. He's going to hold me and take me through this. Yes, yes, absolutely. So as you're talking about that, I was thinking of um, a lot of athletes that I've talked to, and you can think of like baseball players, the pressure and excitement and the big at bat comes up and they're feeling anxiety. They're feeling, right. uh-oh, it's on. NBA basketball players are doing a lot better shooting percentage wise without crowds. It's like a pickup game. And often in pickup games, I'd shoot way better than the real games. What, uh, what I've heard the, especially baseball players, they'll be stepping up for that big at bat and they'll use kind of a version of a, a centering prayer, you know, Hey God, you know, help me calm down, help me perform at my best, help me glorify you kind of a thing. And they'll sit in silence for just a bit. And then they'll be focused and locked in and be able to perform. So I think with practicing centering prayer, whenever things show up in life, whatever that might be for you, you can quickly, you know, use that to dial in and, and change. So we did talk about it a little bit earlier with work or with whatever, where we're kind of not making progress. And then we dial into the image or the word or the breath, but I'm like, no, athletes use that same thing too. So it's pretty cool how practice daily can show up in everyday life in all situations and be able to help you perform at your best. No, I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. Even uh, work's been pretty busy lately. So like yesterday and today or, or Saturday and so today's a Monday, but Saturday and Sunday for the first time I had to take a couple hours to work each day um, a little bit just to catch up and work on some a mini project at work that I that had me stuck. I didn't know, had to get past a few things in it. And it was kind of neat how, and I attributed to center in prayer and just getting away and being silent. Well, I was, I dropped my daughter off at Wawa for work. And then on the drive home, I wasn't even thinking about it. All of a sudden a solution popped into my head while I was driving home of what I was missing and not thinking about in my work mini project. So as soon as I got home, I tested it out and it worked. So we, we definitely need silence and times away from work and busyness and hectic lives um, to let God give us inner wisdom for things we need to do. I, I feel like I really felt like God suddenly threw this solution into my, it was the strangest thing. The solution popped into my head driving home yesterday to help me resolve an issue at work that I was worried and nervous about because I didn't know how to attack the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so our times, sometimes we need to get away and be silent and be quiet. And then that's where God seems to help us and do some work with us. Yeah, so if you've listened this far into the podcast and you're still thinking to yourself, I don't know about all this stuff. Just think about Jesus whenever multiple times in his life, he'd go off and he'd isolate and have his own individual prayer time. And then he'd come back. But if Jesus did it when he was stressed, when he had stresses come into his life, we should do it too. I look at the kind of the busyness of life as if we allow that to overtake us or keep our thoughts always moving, always moving. That's the that's what I believe is the devil coming into our life and kind of disrupting us from our relationship with Christ, our relationship with other people, because then we're not as able to be as intentional about where we're going. The devil's kind of just keeping noise, keeping sound, keeping activity in our life. And we need to pull back from that. We need to have planned. You do it twice a day, but we definitely need some planned time where we get away from the busyness of everything 
and can clear our thoughts. And I think if you develop the habit of centering prayer or any of these other different prayers or adorations or whatever you want to call it, but step away from the business life and get involved in the, I've heard the classroom of silence, another guy out there talks about, but get away from all that noise with a planned frequency. So don't do it when you come up with the idea, you know, every month or every year, gosh, it's been a while. Like put something into your daily routine where you can step away from everything and allow God into your life. And of course we say, well, I pray and I, you know, do the meal prayers and different things, but clear out some more spot time for God and God will pay it back to you twofold. Right. I mean, we don't realize that we don't know exactly how Jesus prayed, but he often went alone and we just can't, we surmise he wasn't always talking. Sometimes he was just silently sitting with God. And, you know, Jesus fasted and Jesus went off into the desert and there was, he couldn't possibly have done a lot of talking and a lot of action and, and movement. He needed to conserve energy. And so he probably was very silent and he probably practiced some type of silent prayer, whatever it may have looked like back then. So that's the neat thing about, you know, centering prayer or silent prayer. It really does go all the way back to Jesus. He, he probably practiced some type of silence sitting in communion with God wordless prayer where he didn't need to talk. They were just together sitting and resting and and being with each other. So I appreciate your time so, so much. I guess I got two, two parting questions for you. One, any advice for dads to raise their families better, whether it's kids, spouse, self, just any dad advice that you'd like to pass on to another dad? Well, probably to go along with silence. I mean, sometimes silence is the best action. Sometimes our, our children just need to know that we're there listening and hearing them. So silence sometimes is the best action. They just want, my son says, and he still says it to this day, he's been saying it since he was eight and he's now 13. And he says, will you sit with me? So I try to spend almost every evening about 30 minutes sitting in his room with him. And sometimes we don't even need to be talking. He just wants me to be in the room sitting with him. So I would say, um, sit with your children and be silent and let them talk to you and share with you. And sometimes maybe they don't even want words or talking. They just want you to know, them to know that you're uh, there with them. Yeah, both of my daughters at nighttime, same thing. They just want us to sit with them. They don't necessarily want to talk or anything, but they just want us to be there. So that's what I would say. It's just the silence of centering prayer can be practiced with your children, not as a centering prayer practice, but sometimes people just want you to be with them and they don't want to hear what you have to say or what your opinion is or anything. They just want to be with you and be in communion with you. And then the second question to end off with is what challenge would you like to throw out there for the guys? I think this one's fairly obvious, but I'll throw, I'll throw it to you. We always like to finish off with a challenge. So what, what challenge might you like to throw out there? Well, I would challenge them to try you know, a centering prayer, silent practice. Um, and even if it is one minute, just try two times a day, one minute or two minutes and see, see what happens, see how it changes you, see how it changes your relationship with God. Because I mentioned earlier, it's not just meditation. It's a silent sit with God. It's a relationship where you're fostering your relationship with God and opening to the presence and actions of God within and letting God pray in you and take action in you with how he wants you uh, to be a better dad, perhaps. 
Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's fantastic. That's a perfect challenge. So if you haven't tried it before, try just something as simple as one minute. I don't have any time. I don't have any time. Well, you got a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, over time you can grow that uh, with practice, but uh, that one's a simple first step to taking some silence into your life and literally sit with God. He'll be there with you. And uh, appreciate your time, Rich Lewis, Sitting with God, the author of Sitting with God. So buy the book. I've got about halfway through it myself, and I've enjoyed reading it and uh, look forward to finishing it. No, I, thanks for having me. And one thing I'll say is I offer a, a free uh, Centering Prayer ebook at my site. So over at silenceteaches.com, for those that aren't familiar with Centering Prayer, they can learn about it on my site. But I also have a free ebook on Centering Prayer. Um, if for those that want to take a closer look at what it is as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's great. Nice little bonus there. So that's wonderful. I appreciate you offering it to our community and look forward to catching up with you again sometime. Sure. Thanks again. Very much appreciate having uh, you having me on your show. Absolutely. Thank you, Rich. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and I hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God... Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.